0: What's going on, guys? Today I want to do a little introduction for this video. I just interviewed Lolly of Lollipalooza, and you can check her out on her YouTube channel, Lollipalooza. She is a DIY crafts expert, and her channel features a bunch of tutorials on how to do DIY paper craft and design projects. She currently runs her own store, off an Etsy page as well as a Pinterest page selling her crafts and designs online. And she recently went full-time with her brand Lollipalooza. If you're someone that's interested in starting your own design or handmade crafts brand and you want to sell those things online and develop your own community around your products, I highly suggest you watch this interview as Lolly gives a bunch of great tips on how she got started, where she was at in her life when she was getting started, and all the other things she had going on outside of her career as a DIY crafts expert. So without further ado, here is my interview with Lolly. Okay, we are recording. Today I have on Lolly Palooza. She has a YouTube channel. Uh she describes the channel as an exploration of anything crafted, but mostly paper crafts. Lolly used to be a close to my heart demonstrator, way back when it was called Dozens of Terrific Stamps. And she resigned and began teaching stamp classes in her basement at that point she got away from card making and scrapbooking for several years until she came back and started her own youtube channel in 2009 which she became highly active on in 2014 where she teaches everything she's learned about stamp collecting stamping scrapbooking arts and everything artsy and crafty so Kaliza, thank you for calling on today
1: thank you thank you for having me
0: Definitely. Yes. Uh, so normally I start off with just a question about what you're doing now, but since we were talking about it before the call, could we start off with uh, what was your professional background prior to getting into uh, <laughs> teaching things in art and, and doing art and how did that plan to or give you the experiences you needed to uh, do what you're doing now as an entrepreneur?
1: Well, um, I, as a child, I wanted to be an art teacher. I remember that. And I actually explored the idea of art school, but it was so expensive as to be prohibitive. I ended up going into nurses training. So I am an RN by profession, mm-hmm. but a lot of teaching is involved in being an RN, patient teaching. And um, that morphed into uh, me teaching, uh, doing health screening, which is going to uh, businesses and screening the health of their employees and then teaching them what they can do better so there was a lot of teaching involved in what I was doing Mm -hmm. Um, and actually throughout there I had many other experiences I homeschooled my children and I became a bookkeeper and I became a tax preparer because I love numbers too which is kind of a strange thing math and art you know usually opposite sides of the spectrum but uh, anyway a lot of teaching involved in everything throughout my journey everything that I've gotten into you know is all Than about teaching so
0: (laughs) oh wow okay so yeah you've had a lot of experience outside of just the the technical aspects of being a nurse right and then with the teaching private companies was that something you were doing is that through a hospital or is that through a, a private company that that has rns or former rns working for them to go teach
1: it's a private company that insurance companies would um hire so for instance if we have a company like coors for instance coors manufactures beer their insurance uh, company would hire us to come in and do the health evaluation of their employees
0: mhm okay okay so with this with this one you weren't doing any of the sales or marketing or bookkeeping for this
1: no okay that was all something separate <laughs> yeah all phases in my life
0: <laughs> yeah so with the bookkeeping is that that was a side gig you did for other companies
1: I did that for uh, nonprofits for a while, yeah, just a few years. Oh, okay. And then I went in. I quit for a while, and then I went in tax preparation. It's kind of similar, you know. But I, <laughs> what I'm doing now is a lot easier than working with the IRS. I it's a lot f- more fun too.
0: <laughs> this is this is expanding rapidly. So you have an eclectic background. So tax preparation. How do you just get into that as a hobby? Like, how did that happen?
1: I was actually looking online for. Uh, just part-time jobs that were available for my teenage daughters and say, Hey, here's something you should apply for. And I saw yeah. the one for tax prep. And I thought, Oh, that's something that I would like to do. <laughs> what? No. You don't get paid well enough to do that. It's
0: yeah. Worth
1: it. No <laughs> Wait,
0: But this, this I feel like this is a, this is the some of the origins of your entrepreneurial spirit here. Cause this is, that's a lot of work. Most people it's would be like, a, I will never do
1: reinventing, this. Always reinventing myself, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> hustling since birth so were you, did you was this like a mail-away course where they were like we'll send you this, this certification you teach yourself how did you how did you become someone where you could say I'm qualified to do your taxes you know right. for X amount
1: it was actually um, a local tax office Jackson Hewitt okay. I don't know if you have them in your area I've but heard of it, like yeah. H&R Block okay. Jackson Hewitt There there's several different offices and they were hiring so Um, when they hire you, they have this course that you go through, through them. And it's like three books that are about this thick and you go through them and you do a lot of mock-up taxes and, and it, it, you have to retrain every year because the tax laws change every year. So it's a lot of work.
0: That's intense. So were you, have you always been like a, were you a pretty good student or were you at least into academics or?
1: Yes, I was. (laughs) I was on the honor society and you know got the really good grades and
0: ah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> okay so you have some serious advantages then working on your side because if you're you're a good student it sounds like you're one, you're one of the type of people that will work hard at any job no employer is ever going to have to worry about you so that's kind of interesting because the idea that you would start your own business it seems like you're already in a super ideal position to be an employee anywhere as well which. Yeah. I feel I've seen this. I've seen this with a lot of people. Some entrepreneurs I know are like the the best executioners and they could get a job anywhere and be fine. And then I also know a lot of entrepreneurs who are on the other side who are are like completely unemployable. (laughs) Right. So So
1: you have have to have the ability to come up with ideas like it in, but you have to be able to execute. And you've been saying that execute it, carry it Mm -hmm. through. You also have Mm -hmm. to have a little bit of business sense. You know, one of the things when, when you get an interview and and the interviewer asks, um, what are some of your strong points, you know, and people have a hard time saying good things about themselves. One of my strong points is I go into a place and after working there a very short time, I've already got a lot of ideas on how to improve the stream, improve the workflow, you know, get more done in the day. I just have that, that way of making things more compact, more concise you know, flow better, make more sense. So, you know, I did that in the hospital too. They'd send me to another unit and say, these nurses in this unit can't get their job done, all their work done in eight hours. Is it something they're doing? Is it the unit? What's the problem? And they would send me there and, you know, to evaluate that and see what they're, if there's anything they could do to improve, you know, and so this has really helped me in my craft business too, you know, if I do get inspired by someone else who has an hour long tutorial, I can take that and break it down into 10, 15 minutes. And here's a very easy, fast approach to get this project done.
0: You
1: know, with the way I think, you know, make it easier.
0: That's interesting. So, in another lifetime, you would have been like a management consultant or
1: something. Probably, I guess that'll be my next makeover.
0: (laughs) Nice, the Cheryl Sandberg of the crafts world. I like it. Um, I like it. So, okay, so you you've done all this stuff. Okay, we talked a little bit about your execution skills, and beforehand, we kind of got into an interesting conversation about this. You were saying that that's a huge problem when you're talking to other people that want to start their own businesses, and they're the way they're talking about it, the questions they're asking you. Could you talk about that a little bit and some of what you're sharing with me? All
1: right, it's just like, uh, mostly about YouTube channels is just wanting them to um, specialize in what they're doing on their channel, especially for this. And it might be good for any entrepreneurial um, position that we're looking to do. We need to figure out what it is, what's our goal, You know, who, do we, how, who our target audience is, So for me, I do get into all sorts of crafts. My main focus is paper crafts. That is my emphasis. But I do, I have crafting ADD and I do say, oh, look at that, that's a really cool thing. I want to try that, you know, but I always come back to paper. So that's my main focus. But still overall, my channel is about crafts. We need to focus and specialize because um, if I were to try and do, I'm also very interested in natural health awareness. But if I were to make my channel about crafting, and natural health awareness, then I've got this dual um, focus, and YouTube that rec- does not recognize me as being an expert in either one of them. So if someone were to search online for a specific craft, I would not come up very high on the ranks because I'm not an expert on that, because I'm all over the place. And, and then this video is about my vacation to France, and this video is about my dog, and then I'm my- like, my videos are about crafts and then my next video is about health awareness. So if I'm all over the place and I'm not focusing on crafts, you know, it's like uh, spreading myself too thin, like butter scraped over too much bread. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not a good thing. Uh, so did you know this starting out? Like, did you, I guess, let the idea kind of simmer in your head and once you started on YouTube, you, you knew exactly the direction or is that something you figured out over time?
1: I knew that I that I personally only wanted to make craft videos, and uh, YouTube has um, a whole series of videos supporting uh, YouTube creators, and and there are articles online, and I can't remember how I came across, but I came across an article once that talked about the algorithms, and that if you don't specialize, that you could be lower in the ranks because of that focus, and I thought, well, that just kind of verified what I was thinking. i saw it in writing i just happened to stumble upon an article about it and that it made a lot of sense
0: Mm, yeah no that definitely that definitely does i definitely think at least having a one-man focus yeah (laughs) at least the one is important
1: divert be diverse you know diversify within that focus but crafting is the whole umbrella under which i want to operate
0: yes yeah and your channel has, so you have, a, you have a few different channels that you operate on. We, we talked about this before the call. You have an Etsy store, you have a Pinterest page, a Facebook page, a blog, a YouTube channel. Was that a strategy you had seen or read about and put into place using those channels together or did that happen organically over time? How did you decide on those channels?
1: And Instagram and I started Twitter, but I just have backed off from that. No,
0: Instagram too.
1: I knew I wanted to start on YouTube, and I didn't have a page for a, on Facebook for a long time. I didn't want one. I felt, I felt kind of embarrassed about setting up a page, frankly. But at the time, I thought it was okay to have a separate Facebook profile, and I didn't realize it's a violation of Facebook um, agreements. You can only have one profile, and it has to be your name. Oh, okay. So I had my Facebook profile for my family. And I had Lolly Palooza Facebook profile. You can't do that. That's not my name. Palooza. Mm. not Yeah. But um so anyway, I ended up starting the page uh because I was forced into it. I didn't want to set it up because you have to say you're a public personality or a
0: public figure, yeah.
1: Public figure. And I thought, Oh, yeah, who do I think I am? you know? <laughs> you couldn't
0: do it, you could not bring yourself to the uh
1: public figure so page. It, yeah, so anyway, I was kinda of forced into it. But um yeah. So I had to let go of my other Facebook profile and I have really built up a presence in that one associated with my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Oh, which reminds me, I think when you're across all of those uh, different platforms, it's important to be consistent and have the same name and some of the same images or icons. So people will associate it. I know people, you know, they want to have a YouTube channel, but they want their Instagram account has a different name and their Facebook page has a different name and their Etsy shop has a different name and they don't know it's the same person. So I, I, I don't know that I purposefully started building those up. Instagram is the only account that I purposefully started putting into thinking it might be helpful, but I haven't been, I wouldn't say that I've been working at Instagram. I've just been sharing, you know what I mean? I'm not Mm -hmm. doing all the things that you should do to build your Instagram channel. It's just organic growth. I'm not. I'm not doing all the business steps you could to build your Instagram.
0: Yeah. You're not You're not trying to grow back your Instagram account. Yeah. Unless
1: plus it's hard to put yourself that thin. I'm, my main focus is doing videos because I love teaching. Hmm. And Then I will just share those videos or share photos or share prod projects through the other methods. And I'm just now starting to work more on my blog. So, okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's, I think that's, there is, it is hard when you have a mentality of, I have to put out specific type of tailored content versus I'm just going to share. Right. Uh, because man, I don't, I don't think the actual time, probably if you looked at it is much different, but the mental idea of having to put out crafted content on every channel. Right. Is, is intimidating.
1: Right. And then there's, you know, you need to have projects obviously that are worth viewing. So I think that's my main focus is I'm project oriented. I'm always thinking on the next project. And then from there, I think, oh, can I share here? Can I share there? Um, I don't usually focus on, oh my goodness, it's been a week since I posted a picture on Instagram. I better get to it. I don't, you know, I started marking things on a calendar to see how consistent I was, you know, just circling the day. Did I post something here? Um, I have not developed a system of posting like a video every Monday or a video. A lot of people will do that, um, and they say it's a good practice. I just haven't gotten into it. Mm-hmm. I'm very random. <laughs> it
0: doesn't seem like it's hurting your business, though. So. so, with with your different the different activities you have in your business, what is an activity where? you'll get anxious if too much time passes. Is it finding a new project and then and doing it and capturing that project or what? what is your thing that you do feel like you have to be doing?
1: Right, I think getting some videos posted. I think the longest, I may have gone maybe a week and a half without posting and uh, uh, uploading a new video and that's a long time for me. Um, so I do feel a little anxious about that. I have been on a design team before and with a design team it means that you are creating projects in a way of advertising for someone else, it could be someone who designs rubber stamps. And then if I create things with her rubber stamps, I, you know, I would post those on. I'm her creator, whatever, her designer. Um, and so I was on a design team, and so I would, you know, get like four videos made all at once, and I'd feel like I was very accomplished. But I kept forgetting that those videos are unlisted until the owner of the design team until she releases them. So I I forget and think, Oh, I really haven't uploaded any videos recently. Those ones are still in the queue waiting to go up. So a lot goes into the timing of things. I can put up a video and schedule it to come up at a certain time. Mm -hmm. And that helps if I know I'm going to be gone for a whole week, I can put up a couple videos there. So it looks like I'm, you know, current and active.
0: Yeah, so you can you can preload the channel so that getting the videos ready to publish is like your that's the big, right. big push. And i'm
1: putting more time into editing whereas in the beginning it was all just I didn't know how and I just had a camera and I had really bad lighting, but you start with what you have mm-hmm. I'm in an unfinished basement, uh, you know I don't have the real expensive craft room or anything. I'm using what I have and so Throughout the, the months, I've been able to improve my lighting and a few things and learn editing here and there. But in the beginning, it was just, you know, film a, a video and put it on online. So now it takes now that I'm editing, I can take a 60 minute video and bring it down to 14 or 15 minutes. Oh, wow. People more likely to watch the whole thing. Yeah. And, but that editing process can take me two hours. So I don't think people realize the time investment. So, you know, if, if I do a one hour project, there's all the planning that goes into it ahead of time. And I've already cut all the papers and prepped everything ahead of time. So there's many hours in advance. There's the hour filming and then the editing. And there's, there's a lot going on besides that little project.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That definitely sounds like, yeah. 60 minute video out of 14. Yeah. That's pretty. That's a lot of cutting, though. It is. Um, that's definitely. Well, so,
1: if you're able to, um, like, if I'm showing gluing something, I will speed that segment up four times. It's normal, right? If they could still see what I'm doing, why do they sit there and watch me spreading glue? slowly? <laughs> they know how to glue. So, yeah. or if it's something I showed in the beginning and then I have to repeat that four or five times, I will really speed it up, like, sometimes eight times and that really helps to condense the video, so.
0: Oh yeah, so you're putting like a lot of thought into the quality of these.
1: Right, so hopefully. <laughs> like,
0: cus- customer service aspect of the videos, because yeah, no, that's true, that's much more useful for something like yeah, gluing is a good example. Um,
1: yeah.
0: So I had a question about your, I guess, how you, you said you recently retired from being a nurse, correct? <laughs> sounds like you've always been doing side projects. You mentioned doing homeschooling, uh, when you had four kids, uh, were you a nurse at that time too?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, no, um, only during the first two. Yeah. And then I retired, I I semi retired from nursing and then I went back into it. So it was kind of like, you know, while I was homeschooling, I wasn't working as an RN. I went back into it when the kids were, you know, out of school. So, yeah,
0: still, still not so much time. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> so this entrepreneurial thing, now that you're doing it full time, did you no. always know in the back of your head, I'm going to do my own thing someday, or no. is it just the crafting business kind of took off for you?
1: Yeah, it just kind of took off. When I started my YouTube channel, you mentioned i have been on YouTube since 2009. That's when I just created or, or set up an account so that I can like and comment on people's videos. Mm-hmm. I was not making videos until I think November of 14. And I made my first video, and um, I thought that this is something I would love to do. I would love to make videos and show my projects like that. So I was excited, but I was thinking of it as uh, a hobby, you know. And I thought, if I'm fortunate enough, I might get 500 subscribers. That would be really fun, you know. And so when it started growing and I hit 2,000, that's when I started putting more thought, 2000 subscribers. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's when I started putting more thought into what I was doing and being a little more purposeful. Um, I didn't really see it as a business, so to speak. Um, but I think, you know, when I hit 10,000 subscribers, which is good in the crafting community, um, it's
0: good in any community. <laughs> 10,000 yeah. subscribers, great.
1: I started thinking, yeah. you know, um, this could be, a, you know, even a revenue stream and I could put, effort into this. The way I put it is I always tell my husband, Now when you retire I can take you out for breakfast, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway.
0: Nice. So
1: that that's kind of like uh and then I and then I was still working part time on call doing mm-hmm. health screening events. Mm-hmm. And those involve traveling, out of town, hotel stays, a lot of driving, a lot of miles in the car, you know, car breakdowns and it's just very physically, physically demanding, stressful. And I thought, finally said, why am I doing this? I'm going to quit (laughs) and just focus more on doing the things like fixing, uh, I had an issue with my Wix blog account. And so I, I just didn't have time to work on it. And so doing little things like that, fixing the error, getting that straightened out so that I could feel confident when I write a blog or all those little business details that are in the background that I really wanted to do. And maybe some series of videos that those are the things I thought I could work more on those instead of going out of town and working, you know, yeah. in another state. The farthest i ever driven was six and a half hours oh, for a health screening long. event to work Monday through Friday yeah. though. And they pay mileage, which was good, but yeah, yeah. very stressful. It would take me yeah. a week to recover from that week of work. Yeah. Whereas... I don't have to recover from doing (laughs) craft video craft stuff. No. No,
0: Yeah. If it's enjoyable or at least interesting
1: because it's very, it's very crafting is a very good outlet, you know, being creative. So Hmm. it's very encouraging. So it's fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds like something you might do to relax anyway. So
1: yes, I would.
0: (laughs) Uh, So at this point though, you know, you've gone full time. If someone's looking at your brand now, it could be a little intimidating. You have online stores set up, selling your own, uh, craft products that you've made, you have all all your tutorials, all these different channels. Were there, how did you get to that point? Were there any books you read? Was it just you watching YouTube videos and tutorials and reading blogs? Did you have a mentor? Like we talked about any, how did you get to this point?
1: I don't think I had any specific mentor. It was a very gradual process to realize, you know, that I was coming to this point And it's like, oh, you know, that's a really good idea. I really should change my photo or get it, you know, an icon or, a, you know, whatever, my little emoji that I have for my icons, not an emoji, but um, my profile picture, so to speak. Um, but in the beginning, what got me back into it was something called a smash book. I saw that and it was just, it's a real haphazard way of just throwing photos and ephemera and memorabilia into an album quickly. And I Mm. thought I want to do that. So I made one. That's when I started looking on YouTube Mm -hmm. and the first channel I think I subscribed to was Corrine's creation, C-O-R-E-N-E, Corrine's creations, because she was doing smash books. And I started watching her and looking for other people doing them. And so that evolved into making mini albums into just paper crafts all over the place. And um, so I would say watching other you know, YouTubers inspired me. And then being involved by commenting, I developed friendships. You know, if you want to build your channel, here's a little advice. You want to build your YouTube channel organically, get involved in people's lives, comment on their videos, ask questions, um, get to know them on Facebook. You know, do they have a Facebook page? You can interact with them. And, but to go to someone's YouTube video and say, Hey, subscribe to me and I'll subscribe to you. That is not a way to grow your channel. That's a a big turnoff. So I really would not advise doing that. Um, So anyway, and then, um, just little articles here and there, like I mentioned, one that uh, uh, talked about keeping focused and you know specializing on your channel. But then also, I read a book called The Handmade Entrepreneur, and it's mostly about selling on the Etsy shop. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of good information in there about your photos and information on Instagram and those kind of things helped. And then the author of that book has started a monthly e-magazine called the handmade seller mm-hmm. it's a really affordable it's gorgeous it comes up you can take it on your iPad and it's interactive so you can click on videos in the e-magazine you can download files and there's a lot of information about branding and building your your business what not to do you know don't watermark your photos things like that um, a lot of those in that information has really helped me along too But mostly, as I've gotten involved, one of the ways to get involved, especially in crafting, is to join Facebook groups. That's when you you get to share your projects, you get to know people, and I have made friends. I mean, these are not just casual acquaintances. These are friends that we pray for each other, we discuss problems, and we started because we were swapping crafts back and forth. I would make something for you and mail it to you, you'd make something for me, mail it to me. And so, because of that, we developed these friendships, and they're very, very um, uh, dear friends, and they inspire me constantly, and from the standpoint, they're kind of like mentors as well, you know, they share projects they've made, I get ideas from them, they get ideas from me, but it's a it's a very interactive community, so I'm working right now on a project for my friends, too, I have it sitting aside, but here's one I'm working on right now, I just making these book covers. These are little notebooks oh, nice. that I That's painted awesome. and stamped and painted in. And so yeah. it, it folds over to be a book cover, but That's and, awesome. so I'm making those for friends just because they're dear to me.
0: Oh, wow. So many questions. So yeah. let me start with what sounds like the most important one. These friends that you made on uh-huh. Facebook. So how was this happening? Because this sounds like a tremendous source of motivation just for you to work. Cause I yes. you know you have all these people, Right. You know that are excited about yourself relying on you. That's huge. That's like hugely motivating So how did you did you reach out to their pages and were you commenting on their pages? How did that relationship develop? Right. Uh, like where did it go from there? Were you emailing like did you call them on the phone? How did this work? It's really interesting I've
1: skyped with a couple of them awesome. uh, yeah. And usually it's started from commenting on their videos mm-hmm. Cause like I know who comments on my videos consistently mm-hmm. I recognize those names. And so when I see them in a Facebook group later on, I can connect that name mm-hmm. unless they have a, a like um, a Facebook or, I mean a um, YouTube channel name that doesn't correspond with their name. There's mm-hmm. another thing I recommend. If, if your crafting channel on YouTube is crafty creations or something like that, and your name isn't in there, they need to have a way of identifying who you are. So at the beginning of every video, say, hi, this is Susan, and I no. am So anyway, to recognize that that's who associating that person with that, but I would join the crafty groups. That's when I really got to know these people, because you're commenting on each other's um, pictures consistently, and now and then someone would uh, comment and say, I really love what you just made, and I'll say, hey, let me send it to you. You know, and just a awesome. surprise gift. People send me surprise gifts all the time, and yeah. and you just start this chat going back and forth, and you discover you have more like interests than just crafting. Yeah, so a lot of friendships have developed. One of them, um, I just saw this gal. She made something. She posted a picture. I fell in love with it, and I said, "Oh my goodness, that is gorgeous." Is this available? Can I swap you? Can I make you one? Yeah. Swap, and that she's like one of my best friends online started because I admired her artwork. So it just Aww. develops in the conversation. But awesome. you know, another thing about communication though is is I still at this point respond to every comment on my channel. Yeah. So that's that is time consuming when you have sixteen thousand followers subscribers <laughs> yeah. because I comment on every everyone. Well I if it's um if it's something that needs to be deleted, <laughs> I won't comment. On no. I, get, I do get bad. And I don't mean someone saying, I don't like your work. I will leave that up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I leave those up. I don't, you know I mean? I don't edit those out or anything, but, but I, like I recently had a comment or um, who was just being rude to another person. You know what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. not appropriate. She was um, insulting She insulted people of three different nationalities and she was insulting. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. So I finally had to just block her from the entire channel that she can't comment anymore. But that's the only reason that I wouldn't respond to someone. You know, if they don't, you know, they don't like what I'm doing. That's fine. You know?
0: Yeah. Other than that though, that's a lot. That's definitely a lot of interaction. All (laughs) the followers. And you, you mentioned, so you mentioned two other things uh, previously. you said, the handmade seller is that now a subscription that you're a part of you subscribe to that
1: right handmade seller magazine if you just even google handmade seller it's going to come up and so it's a monthly you know you get an email link and then you can download it to your ipad or you can just watch it online you know or download it to your phone it's got interactive and you just swipe the pages kind of like you know you would on a kindle book in a way and it's all color and interviews and a lot of business sense. I mean, I haven't read every single article. There've been a lot of very helpful things in there though.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. And then, and then the, the last thing was the commenting on YouTube. Is that the same as your Facebook pages? You're just commenting on other people in the oh. art space you like and that has developed into the same thing? Same- yeah,
1: the Facebook groups, I, don't, I, I comment and I interact. So pe- you know, I get to know people. Um, my Facebook page, Facebook algorithms are different. And I did, excuse me, I'm gonna scooch back. (laughs) Um, I did go to another training that I went to is called Creativation, the Association for Creative Industries, which used to be Art and Hobby Association, or some Craft and Hobby Association. They They have an annual event this year, it was in Phoenix, it's where all the vendors release their new products. They show you what's coming up. But they have a lot of business training. That was the first time I actually sat down and got a lot of business training. They talked about the Facebook al- algorithms, it helped me a lot. On my page on Facebook, that one is difficult. I pretty much have to respond to every comment. And I have to try to make sure I'm the last one to respond. So if I post something and someone comments, I have to reply. If she replies back, I have to reply again. I need to have the last word because um, under each Facebook page, it says this page is 80% responsive and usually responds in two days. And so mine says right now I'm 100% responsive and I usually respond in 15 minutes, thanks to cell applicationology oh, wow. Yeah. Um, eventually, it, it, it might get to where it's just hard, but I, I do respond to every comment that I see on yeah. my Facebook page. But that, sure. that's harder than the YouTube page, actually.
0: Oh, just because the volume's higher?
1: Well, no, because of having to reply to every reply again. You know, it's uh, okay.
0: and then
1: if, if, if my response goes down to 90%, I think they didn't notify me of something. And I, and I once spent an hour going through every post that I had made in the last month and every comment that had been made, making sure I replied. And I realized that is not worth my time to do that. So if my response yeah. rate drops, I'm sorry, but I tried. <laughs>
0: I tried to keep it there. No. Okay. That makes sense. That that sounds like a huge part of your business Then, just the, the working with other content creators and the interaction with your audience.
1: Yes, it is
0: very, very time consuming. And then that was creativation. You said, huh? Creativation was the conference.
1: Creativation. Right. It's an annual event. Um, if you join association for creative industries, there's a fee, an annual fee. And you have to be a business sort of, you know, a blogger or, and you have to have an um, employee identification number, you know, through the federal, um, to, in order to join. But once you join, then you can go to Creativation for free and bring one person with you. And so I have a wonderful friend who designs for me. I create digital images that can be used in art. Um, They can print them off and use them or they can send them to digital cutting machines meaning I'll I'll, while we're talking I'll show you something if I have one right here. Okay. So those things would be a you could i sent them so many to people Let's see if I have any left. Well, like this is really tiny. Hope it shows up. It's this little guy here
0: Yeah, that shows up. Yeah,
1: okay and so like I designed this little panda face and they can print it off and send it to their digital cutting machine and it will cut it out perfectly for them. Okay. So the digital cutting machines have opened a whole new um, area for me to design digital files. And so they can send them to their cutting machines and cut out elaborate images. So my friend uh, said she would be my designer on my design team. So I give her all these free digital files. She creates art and crafts with my files. Okay. So I brought her with me to creativation. We had a blast. But good training, a lot of good classes.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. And so is that the biggest part of your business now selling? Because I see your creatives are for sale in your Etsy store. Is that the biggest, biggest part of the big business end of your brand? Or what's the biggest business end?
1: <clears throat> as far as you mean income or?
0: Yeah, like what you, what you sell the most of, I guess. It's either no, what I sell the most like,
1: would be digital designs. And that's mostly because I, I um, when I... <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm strange, but when I create something, I, I really enjoy it. Like this, I made one of these, and I I showed a video sharing it, and someone sent me a private message saying, "Please sell this to me." So I did. I,
0: That's amazing.
1: But but to man uh, mass produce these for sale, yeah, I'm just. It's very hard to recoup that kind of time investment. Yeah, And then you're always running to the post office to mail things. So my post office is not really close. So um, now and then I do make things and put them in my Etsy shop and sell them. But it's usually onesies and twosies. I don't usually mass produce something to sell. So I have some um, merchandise that you can make crafts out of that I sell. Uh, but mostly digital creations that I design. And that was total, that was a surprise to me. I had no design experience. I had no idea that I could do something like that. So that's been an interesting journey. (laughs) Wow.
0: Yeah, that definitely is. And the digital designs too, is very, very separate. How did you get into that? What sort of systems do you use for? Well,
1: I bought, um, the machine I bought is called a silhouette cameo and that's the cutting machine. And so it cuts out. I really would like to show you something a little better. Um, Okay, this is someone else's design. Oh, two designs that I put together, and I need to put a background on this. This is an example of what that could cut out. Can you see the the, deta- the detail? Yeah,
0: yeah, extremely detail.
1: And so you could put paper or cardstock or even some other materials into this machine, and it just, it just cuts it out and sends it back out to you. And I got one of those for cutting intricate designs, and um with the software you could make your own designs to cut out and i thought i'll play around with that and so i just learned the system through trial and error i guess yeah and if i would get stuck i would reach out look on i would search on youtube see if someone had a tutorial on it and also i have since in the crafting community found a friend named michelle who is the guru at working this software and she has helped me out of a lot of scrapes i've gotten myself into
0: Oh wow! Wow, that's a learning curve a whole news like system like that. That's that's awesome. Uh that's that's pretty cool. So let me see. I was trying to, there's something else in the Pinterest or your Etsy store. So the the little the small digital images. Are you just building those in in Photoshop or something, or how are you building?
1: It's actually in the software for the. Um, yeah, it's in it's part of the design software that comes with that you, you can actually get the software without the machine. Okay. But you need if you have the machine you have to have the software to use it, but you can have the software with no machine, it just won't cut, you know, but you can hand cut. So it was uh it was that software. It's called Silhouette Design Studio. Okay. And that's what I'm using, right? People have said that I need to eventually get Adobe Photoshop for other reasons, but at this point I I'm not willing to Worth that investment into it. I think it may be down in the future sometime.
0: Okay, nice. That's interesting. I'll have to check that one out too. Well, uh, I just have a couple more questions. I don't want to take up your whole day here. Um, The main one is just, you know, for anyone that wants to get started with a side project. You know, you just you started a side project. Now it's your business. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend to those people who are starting out in that position, where they're just trying to do it on the side of their main job? any tips or advice or resources you'd recommend for them?
1: Well, if it was crafting, I would say definitely get into uh, maybe the hand seller magazine because that helps with business side. Even if you're not thinking you're going to make money off of it, It talks a lot about photography and things, you know, that, that might help, you know, along the line. um, I would advise them to get a good social support group going too because trying to do it on your own is really hard. You know, I have friends, we bounce ideas back and forth. And now that I have developed several friendships within the crafting community, I say, Hey, if I were to do this on my channel, what would you think? You know? So I think those kind of someone who's not making YouTube channel, YouTube videos is a good person to give me advice to, because they're looking at it as a consumer and saying, I would not do that if I were you, or that's a really good idea. So whatever your market is, if it's not even YouTube, but You know, is to talk to people who are who might be someone interested in your product but not doing the same thing you are, so they could talk as a consumer and give you advice. That's been very helpful to me.
0: So, having those two groups of people, the peers and then the consumer point of views, and talking to
1: both, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think that's definitely
1: yourself. That's really important. I know um, a lot of people put on a certain uh, they think this is what people would like to see in a YouTube video. So they try to put on the bells and whistles and hey everybody. You know, and it comes out sometimes like a little yeah. children's comedy hour, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. You be yourself. So I think it's hard to maintain that kind of, now I'm in my YouTube mode of just being yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: And do organically, you know, uh, there are many, many business tips that, that people share on how to grow, especially on YouTube. And I think a lot of them are not, they're not long-term growth or kind of an artificial means of growth like the one I mentioned of just commenting on someone's video and saying, I will subscribe to you if you subscribe to me. I don't think that's helpful. And another um, thing I would not recommend is joining a lot of Facebook groups and only posting pictures of what you did and your videos and never interacting with anyone else. They know that yeah. they know you don't care what they're posting. You're not interacting. You're just there to promote, promote, promote yourself. Yeah. And yeah, people it's, it's, it's not a, uh, it's not a um, organic way of growing and mm-hmm. I don't that successful. So some of those business tips you hear or read about, I think they're actually off putting and they're not as actually successful because they're not people oriented,
0: you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that goes along with the being being genuine with your presentation I, style.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's hard to, hard to trick people over time. Over <laughs> long periods of time, it gets harder. <laughs> there yeah. you go,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You never uh,
1: hear about this person until she wants to promote herself, you know? Yeah. And there's an app. There's some kind of an app that if you post on your personal profile, it will automatically post that same post in every group you are in And that it's really obvious when that happens because like I have, um, I have several groups that I have started and that I am admin of. And one of them, which may sound strange is paper clip art. So it's actually decorating paper clips, which sounds very strange, but people use these in their planners all the time. And so if someone is always posting something about a totally different craft or about their Tupperware, um, yeah, it has nothing to do with my group. You know, I always keep my group focused on what the group's topic is. And yeah. so if someone is doing that kind of post where it's always this random, I know that they're using one of those apps that posts across. It's very, um, it's not even, they're not even interacting. They probably don't even visit those groups. They're just doing this automatic post and they probably read somewhere. It's a great way to build your channel. And I, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, Another thing that I really advise against in Instagram, one of the ways people try to grow is they will follow an account so that the account will recognize them and, and follow them back. So if I and so I I noticed my Instagram, um, I will grow by ten and drop by eight. <laughs> I can't I, it's people exactly. People will everyone, follow me. am hoping I will follow them back, and I don't do that because yeah. I want to follow people that I can actually interact with. Yeah. And I can't do that if I'm following ten thousand people. Yes. So I don't follow people just so they're aware that I exist, and then unfollow them. And they're um. So there's those that unfollow because you don't follow back, but there's also the the ones that are that use follow bots. They they follow and unfollow automatically through this through this generated system. Yeah. Like if if a company, a companies tend to do that. Like a like a brand would would follow people and then unfollow them a week later. Yeah. to, to make them aware that they exist and I I just it's one of those business practices that people advertise on how to grow your Instagram, but I don't agree with. Yeah. And there's no, there's, it takes the, the person factor out of it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think a lot of it is just people selling business information need to have something to sell.
1: So <laughs> yeah, I think,
0: I think a lot of the time they sell it all, like the good information with the bad and then uh, some <laughs> of it doesn't get filtered out.
1: Right. you got to filter it out. Right. saying <laughs> this worked for them. This is, you know, those, I tend to not watch those, those videos about how I grew my Instagram to 20,000 followers in one month kind of thing because really using that kind of technique. Yeah. They're not, are they real organic followers is the question. People who really followed you because they like what you're doing. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely a huge difference. I'm sure there will be in terms of the audience too. If you're, if you're getting in as a business and they're unqualified people on your channel, I don't know how that would help you anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, my, uh, my last question this I like to end with is, uh, is there, is there anything I didn't talk about that I should have or anything I didn't ask you that I should have?
1: Oh, that's a loaded question. It is.
0: <laughs> you can go anywhere.
1: Um, I would think maybe, uh, the question of if I were to start over again, what would I do differently?
0: Oh man, that is a good question. <laughs> That's, that's, it. Yeah, that's I should have asked that. Yeah.
1: yeah, I would say overall, I've been very, very happy with the growth and my decisions and what I've done. Mm. I think What I would do differently probably uh, would be to actually, would have been to start my YouTube channel over, instead of I had started a YouTube account mm-hmm. in order to comment on people's videos. But when I realized I was going to do videos, I would have started a channel right then. So it wouldn't say I've been on YouTube since 2009. You know, oh, I mean? like, yeah, video since 2009. But anyway, and maybe not to worry so much and not pressure myself that I have to do this many videos or it's been so long. I have to do a video. Um, and I also, I would have set up playlists in the beginning. If you notice on YouTube, you can have the one channel and the one focus, but in within your channel, you can have playlists, dividing them up into topics, you know, cause I have like faith art in one and I have journals in another, and I have paperclip art in another, so all these playlists, they can go to exactly the one playlist that they want to see. And I, it, when I realized I should set up playlists, I already had several hundred videos and I had to go through every one and put them into their proper categories. I think a, a, a one of my most successful um, playlists is thrift shopping. I go shopping at thrift stores and I find not old furniture or just good deals, but things that I can make. Craft-wise, I can use in craft projects and then I remake them on video and those are so that's my upcycled upcycling playlist and people love that. So it's nice to be able to have it all in one playlist. I should have done that right from the get go. Yeah. Instead of waiting until I had all these built up and I had to go through and create and move all those videos. But it took oh. to do all
0: that. Yeah, uh, that sounds like a lot of work. That's
1: and amazing. the other thing is to not fret. I think the first time you get your very first, first thumbs down, it's devastating, you know. Um, and I was—I had 1,700 subscribers at the time, and I'd only had thumbs up all that time. So it oh, was wow. devastating, you know. And it really made me think. Um, and I have what we call YouTube haters or trolls. <laughs> are Everyone gets them, especially once you've got about 1,000 subscribers. And that's my advice to everyone. Don't panic. You will get at least one. I think I have two, or it's one that has two accounts, but what they will do is they will go to your channel. They don't subscribe to you, but they will purposefully sit down, go to your channel, open a video, thumbs it down and turn it off without even watching it. Open the next video, thumbs down, turn it off. Open the next video, thumbs down. turn. And they'll do that, you know, between six to 20 videos in one sitting, thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down. Don't watch any of them because you can see this in the analytics. person doesn't even watch the videos and so that's what we call a troll or a hater you know I'm sorry somebody is that miserable to spend their life that way but
0: (laughs) yeah why would they what would they be trolling you for I feel like crafts (laughs) is a sort of like neutral topic well,
1: it's absolute. Well, there's a lot of competition, believe it or not, in the crafting community.
0: Oh, wow. That's and dirty.
1: You stole my idea yeah. or, you know, that kind of thing. And Whoa, that's great. There's a lot of that competition. That's my other advice is yep. people need to, they need to calm down and be a little more gracious because, you know, like if I, I, I did this one where I put felt on a paper clip, that does not mean that I am the first one to ever come up with that idea. Yeah. I, I thought I, that would be a really cool thing to do and I did it um, and someone might come along and say you stole my idea and I'd say well I saw your idea I'm sorry yeah. but I never saw it you know yeah. but there is there can be that kind of pettiness and uh, wow. I just really want to see more community building up and encouraging I love and seeing other channels become successful and You know, but there, there can be some of that pettiness. One of my friends had someone say, you stole my idea. And she said, no, I did this in seventh grade.
0: Yeah, Wow.
1: (laughs) No, I didn't steal your idea. Yeah. So that kind of person, you know, might be someone to go through and do all the thumbs down. And it takes a lot of effort to do that. I can't imagine doing that. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm not that unhappy of a person that I want to troll.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is.
1: So don't worry about those people. Then don't you're gonna worry get about it at all? No. Yeah.